telling you my problems, meditating my silence. But I keep pushing my pen, rotating my stylus. Brokenness feeling like sin, now no breath, no dollar. Used to be left on red, now all the girls go holler. Now all the girls go follow. All the fake fans gon' pile up. I need peace to borrow, get that shit right back tomorrow. Somehow all the fans go bravo, smile so much to hide my sorrow. Faith is shaky in Verado. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Up in Flames. And with me, I got some special guests in the building. I got the Hoopers Pod back on Up in Flames. I got both of them. I got Dub. I got Fresh. Last time I had one half of the Hoopers Pod, but I got both of them in the building. Fellas, what's going on? What's happening, Mo? We, you know, we cool. Yeah. Drinking water, whatnot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a good thing. We might not have went live. I might not be using video for y- those that of y'all that are listening, Uh, you know, Neither one of them can open their eyes, but we're gonna be good. We gonna we gonna, uh, <laughs> we gonna keep rolling. We got we gonna get through this show. So before we start, we're gonna talk about contenders, pretenders. We're gonna talk about this Tatum MVP campaign that's going on. You know what I'm saying? We're gonna talk about some guys that got p- playoff pressure, but I wanna bring to the floor this is the first time it's been said. I know nobody's heard it. I ain't heard it nowhere else. It, it, if I got it from somebody because somebody else said it, then that's gonna be crazy because I ain't talked to nobody about this. So I got a conspiracy theory about LeBron. So it came out, uh, what, two, three days ago that LeBron's probably going to opt out of his contract. Looking for a two to three year deal, $60 million a year. So he's going to get 120 to 180. Bronny's not going to come to the NBA in 2024, right? Like, like it don't seem like he's going to come to the draft this year. That's cool. Bryce going to be in college next year. Bronny going to get to the point, he's going to average like 11, 12 points a game. He's going to be like, he's going to be a good NBA player. So he's going to find himself being drafted. Bryce going to commit somewhere. He's going to be the star. So he's going to be that like lottery type pick that the Lakers are going to be able to get. So in 2025, the Lakers in 2024, this summer, they're going to, they're going to trade for either Trey Young or Donovan Mitchell. So walk with me. Okay. 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 They go into next season. They got Trey Young. I'm going to say Trey Young. So I'm going to stick with Trey Young just so I ain't got a Trey Young or D Mitch the whole scenario so they're gonna get trey young this summer i know y'all don't want to hear that as hawks fans but it looked like he's gonna get traded and the lakers want him and if lebron wants somebody he's gonna get somebody they finally have assets to trade so they're gonna trade for trey young so now we enter next year it's lebron it's ad it's trey young supporting cast whoever that is they're a competitive team they go to the playoffs they win a series or two maybe end up in the west Coast finals cool they draft bryce they draft Bronny. now you got Bron. And oh, in year that's year two of his contract. He draft Bryce, they draft Bronny. So in year two, he get his kids for the rookie year. He's on a three year deal. So the rookie year for his kids, it's all about them. You got Trey, an all star point guard in his prime. You got Anthony Davis on the last leg of his prime. So he's still putting up all star type numbers, but he probably got one to two more elite years before you like, all right, he, he ain't AD no more. And it's all about their rookie year. They in year three. It's LeBron's farewell tour. But unlike everybody else that had a farewell tour, LeBron, mind you, is probably the third best player on his team. He got Anthony Davis at the last year of his prime, last great year, Anthony Davis, and he still has that all-star point guard in Trey Young. He got Bryce, he got Bronny. In year three, the Lakers in LeBron's farewell tour are going to win the championship, and LeBron walk off a five-time champion the first human being ever to win a championship with two of his sons. And that's how he walks out on his legacy. 
that's how he sees it playing, and that's why he's signing the two to three year deal this summer. What say y'all? I was with you until you said he you went to the championship. When you got to the championship, I was like, all right. Man, I see a fresh face, fresh look that Doug like. Yeah, Mo, I was with you, dog. I was with you. That's a good one, though. That's a good one. Like, but the championship is the, the championship. No, that was still his whole career in boom. It's the NBA rigged. It's the NBA is rigged crowd would be very satisfied. Nobody else can do this but you. So exactly. Yeah. Like, like, yeah Peyton Manning won the Super Bowl. And Peyton Manning wasn't Peyton Manning. But he won yeah. the Super Bowl. And the legendary quarterback walked off into the sunset. Like, yeah. LeBron can do that. We understand he's not going to be the, the, the focal point. He ain't going to be the number one option. By that point, I think it will be like, Trey Young is the finals MVP or Anthony Davis in that situation. He's more than alone for the ride. And that last right. year, he'll be 42 years old. He's still going to average 20 points a game. He's going to make it a point. LeBron will retire when he feel like he can't average 20 points a game no more, which will be that last year. But he'll make it a point to walk off averaging 20 points a game. Your third best player averaging 20 points a game, you can win the championship. Your third lead scorer averaging 20 points a game. You got AD, you got Trey Young. That's where the championship part come in. A lot of people will want to be a part of that. A lot of them vets at that time, them cats that ain't got a championship, that, that, that they would join on that too because they will also make a lot of money being a part of LeBron's farewell tour. They will want to enjoy that atmosphere too. So you're going to get some vets that want to win a championship, and this might be their last run in Hungry too. And you got some young guys. You're gonna, you gonna you you go you always gonna plug and play a roster. Everybody can say, man, they ain't, they can't afford this. You gonna get a competitive roster around you. Like every good team gonna figure it out. So that's where I'm at with the championship. Is like he'd walk off to the sunset, but he would have the players around them that like the Lakers will actually be a championship contender that year. So it wouldn't be so far fetched that they came from like the temp seed playing to win. I think they'd be like a four or five seed that year. You got a superstar point guard or all star t- point guard. And a, a, a superstar guy at the end of his prime. Like AD would be like Kevin Garnett at the end of his Celtics run. That's mm-hmm. how he would be. He still can help you win the championship. He's still gonna put up all-star numbers, but you know his time's coming to an end. So that's what I think. That's why LeBron opting out and he's gonna do two to three years because that's how he envisions his next two to three years going. Now I can see that makes sense. Like it's it's a sound conspiracy theory, it's just the championship part, but realistically, because I did see that too about him wanting to sign a three-year deal with Max every year, which would be crazy. He does want to play with LeBron James Jr. because I refuse to call a young adult male Bronny. Um, the Bryce part is where it gets kind of tricky too, though, because I don't think LeBron wants to stick around that long for real. But Bryce, I will say this: senior this year, though, he only got to play one year. Yeah, that's true. Bryce played. Oh, man, I don't know. I'm not gonna lie. Bryce and Bronny will both be in college next year. I'm gonna keep it a buck right here. You be making fun of Michael Jordan's sons. LeBron's sons ain't no better to tell the truth. We are not. Look, man, look. We are not look. doing this. We, gotta, we, gotta, we ain't got to stick to this. Now, I'm taking Bronny and Bryce two on two nope. versus Marcus nope. and Jeff nope. easily. Nope. Nah, Marcus, way, Marcus way better than um. Man, I uh, seen Marcus. Play, man, I seen Marcus play live when he was. Marcus, I think Marcus averaged twenty as a freshman I, in college. I, I seen them live at UCF. But nah, bro. Nah, them two wiping the floor with the other two. Man, Jeff is. Bronny is a below average player right now. As a right. freshman, though, we seen a lot of guys who are superstars in the NBA now that were below average as freshmen. Nah, that's an anomaly. That's not, that's not, nah, we ain't got to do that every time. Nah. nah. Jimmy Butler. I'm just saying. Not a, not a, look, 
I'm gonna keep it real with you. Know. Off, he he's not, not cussing you off. Jimmy Butler isn't a superstar. Nah, yeah, he's, he's a, not a superstar. He's a really good player. <laughs> this is a very good All Star. He's not a superstar. I agree well, with that. I agree. He's not. A, I don't think Jimmy's a superstar. superstar. But I he's think a he's a good All Star player. He's a top five player when he wants to be the best player in the league, which is in the playoffs. He's yeah. top five in the playoffs, but <laughs> he don't have the charisma. He ain't a superstar. When you think of people's favorite player, like it's not Jimmy points. You don't play enough. But no, yeah, Jimmy. I get what y'all look, man. I get what y'all mean when y'all talk about the uh Bronny and Jimmy Butler comparison. And there has been players. Yeah, because no, not like no, like their numbers, their freshman numbers. They was comparing their freshman numbers, but you know, not them as players. The difference between Bronny and Jimmy, though. I'm not even gonna go, I'm not even going to the skill, I'm not even going to the body build. The difference is Bronny as a freshman is a millionaire. Jimmy Butler as a freshman was coming out of nothing. He wasn't living nowhere. He got a different type of drive to be great. Bronny's a millionaire already. His daddy is a billionaire. He ain't got that dog in him to do what what it took like Jimmy Butler to do. I don't think he'll do it. He don't have to. No, no, it's right. different when you don't have to. Yeah, that's true. This is fun. This is really just fun. He gets to play for fun. Honestly. And there's nothing wrong with it. It's that. different when you don't have to, but Bronny simply has been overrated. I'm sorry to say that because I know that's going to hurt people's feelings. It but is. Bronny was an average player. Like, he 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 was okay. He got overhyped because he's LeBron's son. He could maybe be an NBA player one day, but – He's he's been all hype, which kind of sucks for him because he don't get to develop for real. <laughs> because, because even slightly talking about him potentially being an NBA superstar is just kind of crazy. Yeah, no, 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 no. I, I'm not the whole like. I think Bronny gonna get to the league just because yeah. like his daddy LeBron. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. if Giannis can pull the same type of pull and keep his brother on a the roster, then mm-hmm. I damn sure know LeBron can make sure his kids are in the NBA. I mean. Yeah. When he retire, he gonna be that agent. He gonna be representing clutch sports. He gonna have oh, control of all. Well, what? Rich Paul, Rich is gonna keep them with a job. So no, nah, yeah, it's a brother. Yeah, like, Rich Paul and Braun still gonna have their hands in the entire yeah. NBA once he leaves. So no, like, true. if anybody think whether he deserve it or not, if anybody think Bronny not gonna get to the league, bro, nah, and at least have yeah. opportunity to play, you have opportunity. Team like you, you know, I, I feel like everybody. Yeah. I feel like he ended the draft this year. Bro, he would get drafted to make it to make he no for real. He is gonna have an opportunity to make a team. Bronny would get drafted if he's gonna get minutes. I don't care. I don't care what nobody in the mock draft say. I don't care what no mock draft say right now. If Bronny entered the 2024 NBA draft, he will get drafted. He will get drafted. He will not be an undrafted free agent. Just off the fact of drafting Bronny, even if you're with your second round pick. Look at all these teams with a thousand second round picks apiece. If I just take one in one of them and put him on my summer league roster at the very least, my organization is gonna make a lot of money heading into Vegas having Bronny on my roster. You gonna draft him? He's not I'm gonna not draft him. But if if LeBron James Jr. enters the draft this year, that tells me all I need to know about the type of pro he want to be. That means he ain't really trying to work for it. Hey, this is my last question on it. Is this why OKC been stockpiling picks so they can draft a Brad Jr. Yeah, then sign LeBron Senior? I'm telling you, bro. Like I'm telling you, there's a couple teams with a bunch they, of picks. Entertain that, and it don't it don't ruin their dynamic. It don't ruin their chances of winning. Mm-hmm. OKC is one of those teams. 
The New York Knicks is another team that then stockpiled some picks. They could make a trade. They could bring LeBron in a free agency. You do that and keep your team intact. There's you're not really like moving. You you moving the needle closer to the championship, but you're not ruining your championship to make some money to have LeBron and Bronny and maybe Bryce the next year if you keep that team intact. OKC okay, or New York could do it. I just don't see. I don't, I don't see Bron really trying to do. Like, especially OKC. Like you trying to close your career out in OKC. Nah. Like, if he do leave this summer, his next move is his last move, regardless. But no, last thought on it. LeBron James farewell to us gonna be one of the most amazing things that ever happened in American history. <laughs> I think probably not. <laughs> probably not, but it's gonna be one <laughs> of the most amazing. Nobody ends a championship with a farewell tour, really. Like nah. that shit is so unrealistic. Nah. If you play a championship level ball while talking about retiring, then, then you in a different category, honestly. Yeah, that's, yeah, different. that's right. different. That's different. Like, if we even talk about, we wasn't talking about Jordan winning no championship with the Wizards. Right. We knew Kobe in his last few years with the Lakers. We knew he was cooked. We knew D-Wade in Miami. Like, I think what, then they, 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 they could have made the playoffs. playoffs. Yeah, they missed, they just missed the playoffs. They just missed it, and they had made it the year before. But, I mean, you knew, like, Miami wasn't going to make no noise, but you appreciated the D-Wade, like, Nobody really walks out. I feel like with your farewell tour, you don't really want to compete for a championship, to be honest. Like, nah, you, you, you can't balance the love that you're going to get when you Kobe or Braun. Like, when we talk about these, when, when D-Wade and all the love he got, like, you know, this ain't Paul Pierce we're talking about. Like, we're talking about real stars that, that matter, that people actually love. Like, Braun can't focus on winning a championship while receiving all those flowers. Like, nah, yeah, I, I just nah. don't think those two can exist. No, you gonna speak at every stadium the last time that you're gonna play there and yeah. tell them how much you enjoyed the 23 years of, of, of playing them and more than likely beating them unless you in Oracle Arena or whatever. Like other than that, you talking to everybody like I didn't beat y'all so many damn times. Like y'all probably this is why y'all hate me, but I just don't see like I'd rather just go out and I don't want to compete for a championship. Nah, I'm chilling. I want to have fun this year. I done been in the league 20 plus years, but enough about LeBron. We're gonna talk about. Since we're talking about LeBron and he can't really win the championship in, in my um conspiracy theory, we're going to talk about some contenders and pretenders now. So I'm going to list off some teams, and I want both of y'all opinion. But I'll, I'm going to start off hot. Okay, see, contenders or pretenders? You go ahead. Um, okay, see, contender or pretender? Uh, I, I think – Conference Finals contender, I think NBA Finals pretender. I think as a young team, you can't split up the. Can you do that? Uh, yeah, yeah. Because if you got okay, okay, you, okay. My bad, my bad, my bad, my bad, my bad. I'm going to the conference Finals. If, oh. if you say they in the Conference Finals, do you then they they contenders? If I can reach my conference championship, okay, I, okay, okay, bad, bad. All right, yeah, contenders. Um, I think OKC has that rare mix of youth with. Experience in that you, um, I don't. Shea has been to the playoffs like two or three times already. The Clippers and well, I think he went as a rookie with uh, the Clippers, and then yeah, that was when that bomb squad team with no Kawhi. Yeah, yeah, before right before Kawhi got there. Yeah, so mm-hmm. then he went um, with Chris Paul's first year. They just barely missed it last year in the play-in, and if nothing else, Shea is fearless. I think they have one of the best safety valve players in Chet Holmgren who can hit. Perimeter jump shots. He's, I think he's the first Ricky or the first Ricky in so many years that got 153s and 100 blocks in a season. Um, 
one thing OKC has, they have a lot of athleticism. Jalen Williams, slasher, he's becoming better off the ball, uh, better on the ball off the dribble. I think it was him and Shea are the only two players in the fourth quarter averaging 60 points on like 50, 40, 90. How uh, one of those stats like that. So Josh Giddy is the only problem for me because he's not a shooter. And <laughs> ain't it fun so- how like even though he was the ain't it funny how he went from his problems off the court like now nah, he's the focus on everybody realized bro buddy not that good like now nah, and it's like he's so look it's i'm summing up the josh giddy thing because i don't want to spend too much time on no way realistically it's an australian thing all outside of patty mills there isn't an offensively aggressive australian they all point guards they're all kind of big for their size six five dante exum six seven Ben Simmons, 6'10". They're all fantastic pastors. All good, pretty decent defenders, Josh, except Josh Giddy, But he moves his feet well. But none of them necessarily look for their shots. And it's like a highlight. I seen like a two-minute clip of Josh Giddy where it's like, shoot the ball. No, let me try to wrap this pass around a defender, no look, and now it's a turnover. I think he's going to be the one problem for them because it's like, are you going to create enough offense for yourself when Shea isn't creating offense and – can Shea say hot, but I think he will though. So yeah, content. Oh, Giddy, Giddy looked good a lot through points of the season last year, though. Yeah, like, like that's what's crazy is like you kind of witnessing like a fall off from like last year. Cause like I thought Giddy was, I was like, oh, he turning into like, uh oh. Like, okay. I don't think he gets to play his game. I don't think he gets to play his natural game because of how good Shea is. It's yeah, Shea, was, Shea yeah. wasn't this last year. Like as good Shea was good last year, don't get me wrong, but he wasn't no like superstar, like. Shea's so good. Like, now he's so good. It's that he's so good. It don't matter how good you are. If you ain't better than him, you better change your game to fit around him. Like, yeah, Shea didn't yeah. reach that level of how good he is. So, now Giddy didn't have to change his game, and he didn't got exposed so fresh. You got him as contenders or pretenders? And to your point, Mo, Giddy was 16 a game last year, and he's barely at 11 this mm-hmm. year. So Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, he was um, he, he had some nice, bro. Well, he was really hooping, like. Especially for his role, like he was getting assistant rebounds, like he was a solid, like he was gonna give you a solid, consistent effort mm-hmm. last year. Right. Was for just the like- this, I would I have OKC as I'm gonna say pretenders. Mm-hmm. I don't see them making past the second round. Um, but I don't say that because like calling them pretend I'm calling them pretender because it's that's what we're doing. But I just don't think they're ready yet. I think um, they're a year too early. I'm with you. They're a year too yeah. early. But I could see them like winning a tough first round series, depending on who they get. Because at the end of the day, as a top two or three seed, if they end up at two, like who, who they, I don't know who they slide to get now, but you end up with like the Lakers or the Warriors. And it's like, I know they're having bad seasons, but you got to beat these veteran teams that's been through the fire. You got to put them, beat them four times where they can focus everything on you. And they've done that type of studying way longer than you have. So, I do think they can win in the first round, though, but I, I'm not sure. Like, I can't see them being the Nuggets or the Clippers in a series. Oh, but in their first round, if you look, they're the two seed right now. Yeah. If you look at how it's flipped, six, seven, eight, nine, ten is Phoenix, Sacramento, the Lakers, Dallas, and Golden State. That's six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So as a two seed, you get gifted one of them. Right, you get whoever win that first playing game at the seven eight seat. That's who you get gifted. I ain't gonna lie, I don't like OKC in the seven game series over anybody except maybe Sacramento. I mean, Sacramento is their best bet, and 
like Sacramento, they went through it last year being that young team. That's probably with early. So this yeah. could be their lick, this could be their lick back. So and I think that's their best bet. I just I know the Warriors, man, the Warriors been playing good basketball. Like kind of post-trade deadline, kind of bringing Clay off the bench. They've been playing some good basketball. We know the Lakers and what LeBron and AD could do. They showed you last year. Like, even though they got swept in the Western Conference Finals, they got there. Like, they they had to get to the Western Conference Finals. They beat Golden State to get there. Um, You know, I still think Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, and Bradley Beal went healthy, uh, especially over OKC. Like, I think Kevin Durant can easily be the best player in the first round of a series in order to win that series. Like, I know he's injury prone and all that. So I think the later in the playoffs, asking Kevin Durant's health to be a part of it, I think it's tough. But if he, I don't doubt that he could do it. But in the first round, if you're telling me, I need KD, we need you to win this series to be the best player this first round, I think KD could do that. So I like Phoenix over them. Shoot, I really, it's possible Devin Booker could be the best player in that series too. Like I know SGA, but like Booker and SGA could go back and forth on who really the best player was. So I think Phoenix has that advantage because the second best player on OKC ain't going to be better than Kevin Durant or Devin Booker. And hell, not be better than Bradley Beal. Yeah, at least not yet. So, yeah, I got them. Yeah, I got them as like pretenders because I don't see they they might win a first round series, but I think it's even tough because you're gonna get gifted a team. Either you get gifted Sacramento, or you get a team that's been there, done that, or or a team with some players that's been there, done that at the very least. So, right. Yeah, I got them as pretenders because if you skate by the first round, you ain't gonna like your second round matchup. You're right. Oh, I want to argue a little bit. Yeah. Minnesota. Minnesota. Y'all already know why I got them, man. Well, I, I go. I let you. I actually got Minnesota as contenders, and this is the difference between Minnesota and OKC for me. Minnesota has more veterans on the team. Mike Conley's been to the Western Conference Finals. Rudy Gobert's a vet. Mm-hmm. Cat is a vet at this point. You got Kyle Anderson off the bench. That's a vet. And then you mix in those young players. The difference with Minnesota is, is Ant going to take it to another level, not statistically, but just the moments in the playoffs. Because he averaged 30 last year in the playoffs. So we know he can get 30. But it's like making shots at particular times and getting stops. Because he's taking like the challenge. Like when they played the Bucks the last week, he was guarding Dane most of the game. I don't know if people notice that. So he's taking the challenge defensively. But you got to do it in the playoffs also. They have the defense to fit in the playoffs. Ant has to – when you – every tough playoff series goes through those stretches where somebody can't score, and you got to be able to continue to get buckets for them. So that's the main question for Minnesota. But I think they can tennis. Like, I think they're, they they can make it to the Western Conference Finals and possibly even the NBA Finals. Doug, mm. I already know you, you – Ant-Man going to get a championship in your eyes. Nah, he ain't gonna get a chance. He's not gonna not this year, not this year. But I think to fresh point, uh, veterans Mike Conley, Rudy Gobert, second round, plenty of appearances. Um, I think the versatility of Cat and Rudy Gobert, nobody's talking about how that's a bad trade this year. Like, even with people still trying to get Cat traded so it can fully be Ant Man's team, nobody's talking about that being a bad trade anymore. I think defensively, they're versatile, especially on the wings with JD McDaniel. With um the kill Alexander Walker, yeah. with Anthony Edwards, with Mike Conley, who's still a veteran defender. Um, I think because of how good they are on the perimeter defensively, of course, everybody's the question is what's Rudy Gomez gonna do in um pick and roll situation on the perimeter? I feel like he's not gonna have to do it because I don't think he's gonna get isolated that much on the perimeter because 
and, and Jaden McDaniels alone in that starting lineup, they fight through those screens. They don't necessarily want Rudy Gobert in those situations, so he can't protect the rim. And realistically, shout out to Cat. Nobody's talking about it. He doesn't complain about fouls as much this year. He has been more consistently good defensively. And he's just an X factor, honestly. Because <clears throat> there's going to be nights when in the playoffs, are you going – how many lobs are you going to let Rudy Gobert catch realistically before he's like, all right, Cat probably is wide open, three, four more possessions than he should be because you don't want to give up an easy two, especially with a player like Mike Conley who's looking – consistently looking for Rudy Gobert. So Minnesota can be scary in the playoffs. Their defense is still good. They got one of the better records with you know against teams above 500. They got the isolation an isolation score, which you're going to need in the playoffs. They got two of them, honestly, with Cat. Who, you know, who knows what he's going to do in the playoffs. But with Cat talent and skill and size, Pauls, he can definitely be a great isolation scorer. So, yeah, I got him as contenders. Not a championship this year because I don't think Mike Conley is – he could be, but I don't think Mike Conley is the starting championship point guard that they need. But they definitely need a point guard like Mike Conley. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I think they're pretenders as well. That's real. Um, you I, I don't. I'm. I'm. And it's not hating. I think. I think they're a year too early. I don't think this is the team. Like I, the way the team is built, I don't think this is the team that's gonna do it. Like I think they might need to make some tweaks. I think they might consider trading Cat this summer. And really building this team around Anthony Edwards, I think. And I don't like Cat's matchups in the West. And my problem, uh, my sole problem with Minnesota is a lot of Cat's matchups, he can be had by that defender. Whether it's against Phoenix, I like Nurkic to rattle him. I like Sabonis to rattle him for Sacramento. We AD and Jokic, like we go down the line of the bigs that he'll have to face. And on top of that, when he does score a bunch of points, bro, they don't win games. When cat a bunch of points, when, when, when he's hot, like when cat's hot though, they don't win games. Like when he when he does give you thirty, when he give you twenty eight, and Ant don't give you thirty, <clears throat> they don't win. When he's the leading scorer of that team, they don't win. And so, like, I think that's the problem with your second option, never really being able to win games by being the leading scorer. So. I think they lean too much offensively on Ant without him even realizing it. Like, he out there hooping, balling. I mean, we talking about possibly the next face of the league. Like, that's who we're witnessing right now. I mean, there's the the crazy NBA Twitter, you know, Michael Jordan comparisons. And, hell, maybe he is the next Michael Jordan reincarnated. We don't know yet. It's too early to tell. But, like, I just think too much is on Ant too early. Because Cat does not win games when he scores 30. I mean, what, he scored, what, 60? 62, and they lost. And think about it. He scored like 48 at halftime. That man scored 62. He had like two points in the fourth quarter. So, like, he went away on the hottest night, bro, found a way to go cold in the worst <laughs> night of your career. Like, you have a career night and you you are no-show in the fourth quarter? That's crazy. I can't think of a great player that I've seen have a career night, but they were no-shows in the entire fourth quarter. I ain't never seen I ain't never seen somebody walk into a fourth quarter with 58 and finish with 62. I ain't seen it. Cat scored 50 in the All-Star game and lost. He just lose whenever he scores. <laughs> bro, like, and it, it's I don't know if it's a cat thing, like because of he get his buckets when it doesn't matter. Like, that's what it was in the All-Star game, but who cares? It was the All-Star game. But until they can start winning games when he is the leading scorer and playing really good basketball, I can't think that they're contenders. Cause I mean, that's that's your second scoring option. 
And basically, your second scoring option can't win games when your first scoring option is – he can't be the difference in winning games on the offensive side. And, and Cat ain't a great defender either. Like, now, nah, they got enough defense on the court to hide Cat because, hell, he's still seven foot. He put his arms up. He might block his shot. Right. But he's not that great of a defender either. So, I mean, you might Cat – Cat gets in foul trouble. Uh, you could get Cat in foul trouble real early, a lot of these teams. So, that's why I think they pretenders – um, I think they're them and OKC. I think as great as they're playing, I think it's the it, it equates well in the regular season. They're the young team. I think this playoffs will be the last playoffs where it's a year the old guys, which is where we about to start getting into some of the old guys right now. The Clippers, contenders or pretenders? Ooh, Clippers. <clears throat> the Clippers are. Um, I know sound flaky on the fence, fifty fifty, whatnot. But realistically, I do have four contenders in the West. I think everybody at the top four can be contenders. I think the Clippers are the pretender out of those four. I still think the Clippers can make the conference finals. I think the Clippers are a great team. Then they have great individual players. I think everybody understands their role and what they're supposed to be doing. I don't know why it sounds so serious. Um, I also think they have a lot of players who have those little flaws in the playoffs that kill them every year. Shout out to James Harden, great player, left-handed. Oh, that's my dog. I love him. But it's just something about the playoffs where it just gets a little too intense for him. Shout out to Paul George. He's been the three conference finals in his career, four. But it's just something about getting there where it's like he forgets who he is. Um, shout out to Kawhi. If Kawhi's healthy, he'll probably end up leading him anyway like he's been doing all year. Westbrook, he's one of the players who – as great as Westbrook is, he's never had great situational awareness in those moments where it's like, all right, let me do what I'm supposed to do. Let me understand how to play these minutes of the game. So while they're a great team and while they're like, so I do think they can get to the conference finals, I think out of the top four, they're the ones who is like, they get put out in the first round. I'm not going to be surprised, honestly, because I think they just have players who flaws come up at the wrong time, which is in the playoffs. Yeah, I feel that. Fresh, what you think? Contenders or pretenders? The Clippers, they're contenders for me this year. Uh, I agree with everything you said about James Harden and Paul George, and I think as long as Kawhi is healthy, it yeah, won't matter. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I trust healthy Kawhi. Kawhi's been hooping this year. Yeah, he's been hooping. Um, and I think everybody's going to be put in the role where like, everybody's going to be able to do what they do because they play through Paul George a lot. Like he, You would think he's the man, but when it's time to win – they know to get the ball to Kawhi. And I think that's the difference with a, a lot of stuff on the team. Uh, I like Westbrook off the bench. I like Norman Powell off the bench. Zubach, um, he does his job. He, he does what he's supposed to do. Tyloof, like he he understands how to coach those type of players. So I think the Clippers have a, have a legit chance. The difference, though, is going to be when you get in the playoffs. I trust Paul George a little bit more than James Harden. But I don't think they're going to – like, unless James Harden just goes, like, goose egg the whole game, he just do cardio, then I think Kawhi can overcome it. Okay. Yeah, I think they contenders. <clears throat> um, you know, I'm, like, the Clippers' biggest hater. I'm Kawhi's biggest hater. Um, but, bro, this team good. This team, like, real, 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 real. Like, bro, this team borderline great. I won't call them great until they make it happen in the playoffs. Right. I have every preservation on why they should be pretenders. 
But, I mean, Kawhi playing MVP-level basketball, <laughs> and it's quiet, too, because his numbers ain't screaming MVP, but you looking at his impact on the game every night, and you're like, yeah, like, this is Kawhi's team. Um, I think James Harden, like you said, like Fresh said, I mean, let's James Harden just out there doing cardio. At the very least, bro, he could give you eight points and 15 assists to, to Paul George, Norman Powell, and, and, and Kawhi Leonard himself in a pick and roll with a Zubat. Like, he can at least impact the game somewhere where if he's having those bad shooting nights, I think he can run the offense well enough. I think Kawhi and Paul George can hit enough shots, Norman Powell in the clutch. He's contributing somehow, some way. Harden been playing a little more defense than we're accustomed to seeing, too. So, like, Harden's on a mission, bro. It, it seemed like he's doing whatever it takes to win, to an extent. Now, he ain't about to go out there and be no lockdown defender to no win no championship nah. and sacrifice his entire offensive game. But, like, in this point in his career, he's pretty much willing to do his maximum amount to try and win the championship. I think Russ is hungry and coming off the bench, like – I just think there's a lot of impact guys on that team. Like, my only thing is, like, I'd say they're pretenders if they, – they'd be pretenders to me, but I'm going to say that they walk into these playoffs healthy and finish the playoffs healthy. And I think, man, a healthy Clippers team could win a championship, bro, because they're a tough matchup for anybody. And the farther they get, the more you you respect them because obviously they're, they're, they're blossoming into the team that you think they have the potential to beat. Yeah. When they win that first-round series, you're like, uh-oh. Yeah, this Clippers versus whoever in the second round going to be crazy. They get to Western Conference Finals, you're going to be like, yeah, this is the team we thought. And that team has championship potential. So, yeah, I'm going to go that. They're, they're contenders. Uh, I'm going to go two more teams. I'm going to go one more team on the West, and then we'll head to the East real quick. Uh, Phoenix Suns, contenders or pretenders? Phoenix is pretenders. Um, they can win some series. They can. I can even see a world where they end up in the Western Conference Finals. I don't think it's gonna happen though. They probably lose in the second round more than likely. Um, Phoenix needs a point guard, and they're not gonna get one now at this point. And I like. I like that they they've addressed some of the big man issues that people thought they had. Like I like Nurk, and then they added that is young, and then you got a core of Eubanks and like Bowl Bowl that you can swap out depending on who's having a good night. And then, of course, you can't deny that Kevin Durant and, and Booker, um, and I will say Bradley Beal, but Brad's always hurt, honestly. So, But Phoenix goes through the motions a lot of times where it is just a lot of one-on-one play. And I just honestly think they go through too many possessions where Kevin Durant don't touch the ball. Like, I know everybody loves Devin Booker nowadays. And shout out to Booker. He's averaging a career high in assists. But I wish they had a point guard so he could just focus on scoring at times because his assists kind of come because he's dominating the ball, not really because he's setting people up. <clears throat> but they go too many plays without Kevin Durant touching the ball. Mm. And not even necessarily the score. And I, like I said, I know people like Booker, but Kevin Durant's still the best player on their team. It's not really close, honestly. Like, I don't see what other people see. But they need a point guard to get some structure so the people that focus on scoring can sometimes just focus on scoring. Mm-hmm. It's cool to be able to do everything. I know we in the New world and people have figured out that you could pass, score, and assist the ball. You can do all of that, but now we get a little bit too much of it sometimes. And Phoenix, like they have, like Frank uh, Vogel's a solid coach. He's a championship coach, even, even for a championship coach, he had made a couple conference finals, and we know he got that defensive mindset. And they have certain players, but they just don't still don't feel like a complete team. And when they run up into one, they bench isn't good enough or consistent enough. 
I like um what's the little white boy named Grayson Allen? <laughs> Grayson is solid. Like Grayson is a Grayson is a hooper. No people don't like Grayson because he's done some things, but like he's been a hooper since college. Like he was heavily a part of that championship that they won. He just needs to be punched in the face sometimes. Eric Gordon said that he need more touches, and I don't I haven't seen him play the rest of the year since that happened. Like Eric Gordon has sucked since he said that he needed to touch the ball more, just to be straight out honest with you. But they're so talented that they can run off these wins like they've been doing recently. So you can't count them out, but I wouldn't take them in the series over Denver, Phoenix. I mean, uh, excuse me, the Clippers or uh, Minnesota right now. Maybe Minnesota, but not Denver or the Clippers at the moment. Mm. No, nah, that's real. Um, yeah, also down in this pretenders, I think once you get outside the uh, whatever Kevin Durant and Devin Booker do, it's a real wild card, even with Bradley Bill, because even when he does play, yeah, he shows some flashes every now and then, but how often are we really talking about Bradley Bill? On a, points, like he's like, hey, why you here? No, nah, yeah, for sure. And um, to your other point, the bench is terrible. Not necessarily terrible, but the players they ask to play don't necessarily perform up to par every night, and that's including Grace Allen, who probably does, probably is their best supporting player at this point out at the NERC. I do like to pick up a Royce O'Neal, though. I no, yeah, for sure. Uh, Royce O'Neal, that is um, – Two vets, you can always use vets in these playoff situations. It's those minutes when Kevin Durant isn't on the court that scare me because he is. And I've seen them have 15, 20 point leads, even with Devin Booker and Bradley Bill playing. And once KD goes out, and it's like, how y'all lose this game? Because it's like, for whatever reason, they can never get back into it once they get out of it. Like, they have a big lead and they lose it. Uh, Frank Vogel is a good coach. Good defensive-minded coach. I still don't think they're good defensively, but they should be show flashes of good defense. I just don't think they have enough good rotational players, honestly. Like right. to to sum it up, be real. They got four, maybe five good rotational players: uh, Nurk, Katie, Book, Bradley, Bill, Grayson Allen. Depending on how you feel about him, like Royce O'Neal and Thaddeus Young is going to be one of them. Might give you some tonight. One of them going to give you some the other night, or neither one of them going to give you some. Which has been Phoenix' problem with their role players. None of their role players have been really consistent outside of Nurk. Kogi isn't super consistent. Shout out to Georgia Tech. But, yeah, I got them as pretenders. They can either get put out in the first round or they could run it off to the conference finals, but more than likely they're getting put out in the first round. They get hot. Like, oh, no, nobody's yeah, stopping them if they get yeah, hot. Sure. But <laughs> them and Dallas is both like that. Like, yeah. It's like you still got to beat Luka and Kyrie four times in the series. It gets tough because they get – KD and Book and both average 30. And what are you doing when you got 60 points between two players efficiently at that? So. Yeah, I got them as contenders. Um, I think for me, I think like the theme, especially in the West, man, I think this is the last of a dying breed, this, this playoffs. I think this is it. Like this is it for Braun. This is it for Curry. This is it for KD. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not so much Kevin Durant because he still has Bill and Booker. Um, but I just think I think this would be it for him, like playing at an elite level as far as like he wins finals MVP and is clearly the best player on the team, though. Right. Like, I think this is it for all of them. However far they make it, I think this would be about it as far as being the guy. Curry's the guy, yep. Ron's the guy, KD's the guy. Um I don't think all of them are contenders, but I think Phoenix is. 
it's just, bro, and Kevin Durant's kind of taking a lot of stuff said about him personal. You know, I always believe in it when these superstars, when these uberly talented monsters like Kevin Durant, the random guys, the, the four or five guys in every era that we know are legendary and will die legendary. Kevin Durant, one of those dudes. And like when he start taking things personal and start speaking on the fact like, why not? Why am I not in the GOAT conversation? I start thinking like it's he, he got something cooking up his sleeve and know like he could make some shake come playoff time. And like he knows if he leads the Phoenix Suns and all that leadership bull and everything else that they talking about, like if he went and won a championship, he could shut all that down and you change the conversation about Kevin Durant after yeah. winning one out without Steph Curry. And I get like he still had Devin Booker and Bradley Bill. I get that, but they ain't ever won none. Neither one of them have won anything to think that in Kevin Durant, we all three think is the best player on that team. Yeah. So we know like he would lead them to a championship. And so just some of the things that he speaks on, some of the things that have bothered him this year, it's kind of the, it, it always does. But I think, and I think it's good that Bradley Bill's hurt now. Like, I think you won't, you rather him hurt now than hurt come playoff time. And I think that's why he, I think he could play ball. Like he could play in a game right now. He could. Yeah, he, did. He, did. And he know it. Like it's not, but he, he know it, it, it could be detrimental. He could be still one step away from really pulling that hamstring and being done for four to six weeks. But I think if he needed to, if this was a playoff game, he would play tonight. Like, I know he would play in their next game. I wouldn't worry about it. So, I think they're just taking – they're doing their due diligence. <laughs> and I think I think they would be contenders uh, based off of that. I think Kevin Durant got one more year to do it. Um, so, we'll go to a couple teams in the East, and then we'll move on before we close out the show. So, Milwaukee, contenders, pretenders. Milwaukee are, are contenders. Um the stuff with Milwaukee this year has been such a soap opera and overblown, honestly, pause. Like, I get that they've had their struggles, but that makes sense. You made a major trade the first day of training camp of a player that, that's making a major transition in his career. He's used to playing one way, and now he's trying to fit in a, a different type of way. And the same thing even for Giannis, like, because Giannis have obviously been open to being like, hey, I want Dane to – this is Dane team trying to make Dane comfortable, but you still want him to be aggressive. And Dane wants to be aggressive, be himself, but he clearly don't want to step on toes. But that's just a part of the chemistry that you build at the beginning of the year. I don't, I don't think it's too many players on Milwaukee that Dane has played with. Like I know Pat Connaughton was like his rookie, but even like with that, like usually, you know, teammates switch and stuff like that. So it was just overblown, but it was clear that they never really wanted to hire Adrian Griffin. Like his whole the interview process – should be reviewed because it don't make no sense how he was fired to tell the truth, but nobody cares. So we, we kind of moving on from that, but they contenders at the end of the day, because Giannis has made his finals run. If he's healthy, like he's going to be hard to beat in the playoffs. And I trust Dane with Giannis. Um, they have a seasoned roster. They got players that know that they have to show up during the playoff time. So, and the East at the end of the day, like the East is weak. Like the East is always weaker. It's not weak, but it's always weaker than it is at the West. And maybe it's just because of the names that are in the West. But nobody, you like, all right, Boston is clearly at the top in the East right, right there. After that, who who else you afraid of? Embiid is hurt. Like if I'm Embiid, I wouldn't even come back this year. But Embiid is hurt. Miami, you got to be worried about them turning it on in the playoffs. Obviously, they That's took out last year. That is his kryptonite. Yeah, right. you got to be worried about them. That's why he's a pretender. Right. That's why, pretend. that's why they pretenders. I, I don't think I don't think this team can win the championship. 
And I think I'm going to bail them out that, yeah, they they probably make the Easter Conference Finals. That ain't saying nothing to me, though. You got Dame and Giannis. You in the Easter Conference right now. You should. Like, that should be bare minimum for Milwaukee and Boston right now. Like, them two teams should be like, if we don't see Milwaukee or Milwaukee's like, we don't see Boston, one of us failed. Like, one of us a failure of a season. If we So, them getting there, I don't think they'll beat Boston in a seven-game series if they do see them. I, I don't think it'll be rather close. I think if Milwaukee, if Milwaukee end up in the Eastern Conference Finals, it'll look bad. Like, it won't look great. Who's Milwaukee out, though? Who's putting them out in the first two rounds? Miami. Yeah. <laughs> Bro. Miami got to figure their own situation out at, right now. Like, at they, the end of the day, at the end of the day, this is all I ask. Like, I know I'm a Heat fan. So I know this comes from like people think it's a biased place, but I just be have we not at least earned enough respect? No, to be given the benefit of the doubt that we could beat Milwaukee in a seven game series in the playoffs. Are we serious? No, this stuff changed year to year. Milwaukee don't want a championship in the last couple of years. Miami just talked about their appearances. But you know what hasn't changed though? Like, you know what hasn't changed? You said this stuff changes through year to year, right? But you know what hasn't changed? Who you've had to beat the good to get there. Boston to get to the finals and lose had to beat Miami. Milwaukee to win a championship had to beat Miami. Milwaukee lost to Miami the next year. You got it, bro. The East goes through Miami right about now. And it's been that way. But what I'm saying is the East has ran through Miami, bro. Whether they've either made it to the finals. Now you knew they were the weaker team. Like when they played the Lakers, we knew they weren't beating the Lakers. Let's be real. Everybody knew it. Everybody knew ball knew it was destined. And when they played the Nuggets last year, outside of a delusional like my fandom saying, "Oh, we gonna win," like bro, we knew that was a bad matchup for the Heat. But that was also a testament to how bad the East was. The Heat had no business being in the finals, and they wouldn't have made the finals in the Western Conference. So he had no business being the eight seed. That's what it is. They <laughs> underachieve all year and then they turn it on in the playoffs. And we got like they're I underdog. Mean, like Jimmy's on the max. Bounds are all-star. These are all NBA players. They underachieve all year, then they turn it up. I'm not surprised when the Heat play well in the playoffs. They're supposed to. These not underdog players. Tyler Hero is we don't count their pockets. He's making a hundred million dollars. He's a six man of the year. He averages 20. This is what they're supposed to do, but they BS all season. They make a run in the playoffs and then they can't finish it. That's why Milwaukee is the only one of these teams. But, that but that's what I don't that. But to me, with Milwaukee, let's take Miami out the equation. Yeah. I don't like them against New York. I'm gonna keep it up. Milwaukee in the Knicks. Milwaukee played the Knicks in the second round, bro. That was fifty. Man, I don't know, dog. Like, if, if the Knicks get back, like, Randall and Robinson supposed to come back. Like, if they come back, nah, nah, don't think that I'm finna. Jalen Brunson and the Villanova boys is, is finna. <laughs> yeah. Randall and Mitchell Robinson. <laughs> but it looked like they gonna come back. So, like, that's that's why I say like a, a healthy Knicks team. Man, I like I, I like them over Milwaukee, bro. I do, and I think it go like seven. That's a seven game series. I don't. New York ain't wiping the floor or none. It goes seven. But I think respect, respectfully, man, and I'm going to be honest, bro. I'm going to just say it because nobody else want to say it or people that have, like, alluded to it just ain't going to say Man, Giannis a hoe, bro. And hoes never prosper. That's what I'm going to say. Giannis a hoe, bro, and hoes never prosper. Damn. All right? 
Giannis been trying to pass on blame. Giannis been trying to act like he didn't just tell us over the summer that he signed off on the Adrian Griffin trade. He was so happy. I mean, on the Adrian Griffin signing as a head coach, he was right. so happy to have him as the head coach. But he thought we forgot. He thought we forgot that he said that this summer. He was ranting and raving about the signing off on it. So then he gets fired because they can't play a lick of defense to save their life. And right. Chris Middleton is cooked defensively. Giannis ain't putting the same type of effort he has defensively. And then he sits here and on every platform, every interview he gets, he does this. I don't know what's going on. First off, you're a superstar. So if you want to play this bull, but that crap he pulled the other day with the whole talking about this Damian Lillard team and we go as he, when he emphasized it all over again and, I've tried to say it all year and this and that. I ain't even gonna do my Giannis voice because he really done pissed me off. But like all that, tried to throw it on like it's Dame and we've got a new coach and it's Doc. Like he's trying to already pass the blame on the fact that he has two underachievers next to him. Dame ain't ever won nothing and Doc is known for folding and he keeps trying to emphasize the fact that I'm putting it on them so it ain't on me. That's whole behavior from the guy that was supposed to take the crown from LeBron James and deemed himself king after beating LeBron in a regular season game. So I'm just saying this whole behavior and hoes never prosper. So Giannis ain't contending for shit this year because he acted like a hoe and it's going to come back to bite him. Jason Tatum, them going to sweep him up out them Easter Conference Finals quick in a hurry. Tatum going to give him 42. So I we ain't going to talk about this stuff about Giannis for sure. <laughs> 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 you ain't saying now about <laughs> Giannis really, bro, I don't like when star players do that. Like, I'm going to be honest, bro. I, I've changed a little bit because like LeBron's starting to piss me off. Like, his antics of, like, I'd be like, all right, bro. Like, I'm tired of the LeBron stuff. And everybody know, like, I'm a LeBron fan. But I'll just be like, yeah, all right, bro. Like, this dude, okay. Like, <laughs> I'd be like, shoot, I can't wait till you retire. You'll be legendary in my eyes. But I'm just getting tired of it. Giannis is the same way. Yeah. You won your championship. You've underachieved ever since then. Because when you won your championship, you embraced the fact that everybody else was deeming that you are here. The future of the league, the next Hall of Famer, the guy who's he's going to compete for top 10 of all time. Is he already the greatest power forward of all time? <laughs> that was conversation that was said after Giannis won his championship. He embraced it. He made social media appearances. Giannis ain't ever post nothing on Instagram a day. <laughs> and the next morning he had Chick-fil-A ordering 51 chicken minis. Like, you know what I'm saying? So he embraced everything that came with being a champion and about to really take the crown from LeBron. It look, and you've underachieved ever since. And you've had some dispute where your words then got you in trouble. You want to get mad at Eric? You know what I'm saying? I ain't forget. You got mad at Eric for asking you, was this season a failure? And you try and tell him, it's never a failure. I got my family and a hundred million dollars. Y'all remember Eric. Everybody remember Eric. Oh, my God. Oh, Eric. Oh, my God. Yeah. At the end of the game. Like, <laughs> we do that with the Dame situation. So, like, Giannis hasn't fully embraced being that superstar. And I don't think, like, until he do and understand that this team goes as far as he goes, like, this might be that LeBron when he first signed the Miami wake-up call. Like, that first year alone, the only difference is that superstar that you got alongside you he only got about one or two years left of like that elite play. So you got to figure it out. So that's why I think they pretenders. I ain't going to do the Celtics because, I mean, that's like the team in the East. Like, I, if you don't think they're a contender, I would love to hear who else is contenders. So I'm, gonna, I'm not going to throw Philly out there either because we just going to have that Joel and B conversation. Like, if he's healthy and plays, then we don't know. 
Matter of fact, let me ask you. Joel Embiid come back healthy. 15 games left in the season. He looks like he's ready to go come playoff time. Are they contenders at that point? Like Joel Embiid's playing MVP level basketball them last five games where you're like, he's ready to go. Are they contenders under that scenario? I'll let you have it because um, I don't even think he should come back, honestly. Nah, yeah, I think they're still pretenders. Um, even if he does come back at the MVP level, I think that's just him trying to push getting back and it's not going to work in the playoffs because at some point it's just he gonna, his body's going to burn out on him. I like what they did getting Buddy Hill. I still don't think Buddy Hill is who Buddy Hill think he is. I think he's a excellent shooter in the regular season. I don't know because he hasn't been in those situations. I don't know if he's going to make those shots in the playoffs. Shout yeah, the home University, Papa. Nah, yeah. Um, it's, the, it's the NBA, buddy. Shout out to Ty Maxey, a uh, great player, all-star. Should probably be um, most improved player this year, probably not going to be. I still don't know why it's not so serious. But I don't know if he's going to be a 25, 26-point-per-game player in the playoffs as well when they're going to need it. I'm on record saying no Tyrese Maxey isn't the best player that's been next to Joel Embiid, but he has been his best second option because Tyrese Maxey doesn't need Embiid to get a point, and he's not necessarily trying to get Embiid a point. He's trying to relieve some stress out of Embiid. But I don't know if he's going to do that in the um, playoffs. Shout out to Nick Nurse. And how y'all be talking about Doc Rivers is how y'all need to talk about Nick Nurse. Facts, but like, white. I know more white side ain't gonna do that. I'll just laugh. <laughs> but you know, it's crazy though. Nick Nurse, it, it hasn't been long enough for him. That's why he and, not, I, and, I, and I and I and I do understand that. I do. It's only been five. Like we talking about Doc. What, what, when the last time he won? Two thousand eight. Yeah, I was in high school. Graduate high school. Yeah. No, and no, and no, I do get that, and that is a very fair point. But at the same time, those Toronto teams got a little worse and worse as the years went by. They did, but you, you he never had once a again, though. Not, once again, saw, all those are valid reasons. Because the Philly team looked damn good before Joel and B went down. No, this they, they, team looked damn they, good, too. And I, and I still didn't trust him before that. Yeah, he had but, them, he had them playing defense. Like he had Tobias Harris back playing two way basketball. Yeah, like they he had them, play, and I know like at the I end of the day, you want to see it. They're a team you tired of seeing them ball in the regular season. You tired of seeing MB play MVP level basketball in the regular season, not doing it in playoffs. So they're a team they could be the number one seed in the East. And you, it's still I, feel, like, I gotta see it in the playoffs. I still question. They're the team that could be had if they was the one seed. Like we wouldn't be talking even if they was Boston right now, we wouldn't be talking about them like we talking about Boston because they ain't even done it. They ain't got there. They ain't been in Embiid ain't been in the finals. Embiid ain't turned it up enough one time for us to be like, oh yeah, this dude can win multiple championships. Like even when Giannis turned up and won the finals, we was like, damn, he won one. This dude might win two or three. Like he might win three of the next four. So that that I mean, but that's just under the scenario. I don't know if Embiid comes back. I almost don't know if he should. Cause like if he self-evaluate, can he really? You know what I'm saying? Like, can they if if he'd be like, man, I don't know if we can win the championship because I don't know if I could be 100% for a whole playoff run, then he should just go ahead and stay and move on to next year. I think he's young enough and got enough years ahead of him. Like, he could win a championship in the next two to three years, so I think he's fine. Yeah, him. I think him coming back this year would do more damage long-term than him just sitting out and saying, shit, we're yeah. not going to win this year anyway. So I, if it was up to me and I was talking to him, I'd be like, bro, just chill out, bro. Like sit out. Yeah, I wouldn't come back. You're not feeling win MVP this year, no way. Go ahead, get you a third straight scoring title. 
Just, just game score time. Oh, game score time. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, man. Shit. Fuck. Yeah, I'm man. shit. My bad, Mo. I ain't even cussing your shit. Nah, you good. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. I don't know why I sound so serious. <laughs> so, real, so before, so before we close out, I ask about the Tatum MVP thing real quick. But I, the Knicks contenders or pretenders? The Knicks contenders or pretenders? Um, yeah, definitely pretenders. Um, I just don't think they got enough perimeter scoring. Oh, I just don't think so they're nice. not good enough. That is also a like, good point. They're, they're like, good. They're fine. They're tough. They can be hard to beat. They're, new, the, they're the New York Knicks. They're, 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 <laughs> you're going to go in the garden and the fans are going go crazy. crazy. And the atmosphere. And, and, the and the all this is what basketball is. And then they're going to lose in the second round. They're going to go to hell home. <laughs> like the Knicks. They're going to go to hell. <laughs> Jalen Bronson is really good. I actually really respect the MVP conversation for him. Not that he should win the MVP, but you know what? Hey, no, I was just playing. You know, me mention his name because they oh, are no, yeah, they're winning. Sure. Yeah. But Jalen Bronson and Julius Randle, pretenders. No, yeah, definitely pretenders. Um, all those things you said, I like. I definitely agree. Like they are, they are the Knicks. They play Knicks brand basketball. This the aura of Madison Square Garden. This that and the third. But they are below five hundred against teams above five hundred. And I know we don't have to take too much stock and stuff like that, but once you're in the playoffs, those are the only teams you're playing. And I just don't think they have – shout out to Jalen Brunson for as good as he's been and the way he's helped turn around the Knicks. Shout out to Julius Randle and how he's allowed himself to fit next to Julius Br- – I mean, Jalen Brunson, I'm pretty sure I called him Julius first time too. I don't think they have a player who's like in this series, is he the best player on he the court? He don't, and that's what everybody been saying, but – See, you can't bully us like Becky Hammond and Candace. I don't Parker even care for New York to tell look, the truth. Y'all always. Jalen Bronson is solid. Julius Randle is solid. I'm going to say what all Knicks Twitter great, don't want to hear no more. This is the best all-side team ever. Hold on, no. Hold on, no. Jalen Brunson better than solid, though. He's solid. Yeah, he's, he's, he's very – okay, he's very he's, solid. He's very <laughs> solid. He's very good. He's an all-star. Bro, he's an all-star. That's yeah. all-star he's better a, than solid. He's having, a, he's having an all-star season this year. Bro, solid, solid is like OG Anubi solid. He's like, having a great team. He's solid. Like that's solid though. <laughs> like he's solid. Like that's a you know what I'm saying? Like I think solid, I mean, it's a strong team. Like it's you consistency, like you consistency, you consistently good. I think Jalen Brunson consistently pretty good. Yeah. They need they need a superstar wing though. They need a wing. They thought OG Anubi was going to be the answer, and, and he still could be, though, because you can, you can add another wing. Like, OG doesn't change the fact that you can add another wing. Yeah, just huh. move number 30. And he, you know, he, no, but, no, I, realistically, I think not to get into it because I don't, you know, I don't necessarily talk offseason stuff like during regular season, but I do think them getting oh, OG. I do think them getting OG. I think they're going to hold on Julius Randle. I think they want a bigger front court so they can go trade for Donovan Mitchell. Now they're not necessarily worried about their uh, backcourt being too small. That helps. Like, so that I, I really think that's what they're going to do. I don't know if Donovan Mitchell is a superstar, but he's averaging that mid 30. But, but if you so, got three all stars or three no, all star right? type yeah. players, that's you don't different. need one superstar. Now you got, so, so, you know what? Cleveland contenders. Pretenders, like, pretenders. All the way, all the way. It's not. I don't think they have any chance of winning, going to the uh, conference finals. I think what they do in the regular season is nice. Um, I think they did that with half a team, and now 
They're trying to incorporate two very important, important key players on their team, and it's not necessarily working. Don't out work. That Mitchell Clayton went down a little bit. Yeah. Having the two seed would help them from not losing in the first round. If it went for that, I think they would lose in the first round. Because they are also terrible. I can see them losing. They, they have Indiana right now. I can see them losing to Indiana. Because they are also terrible against teams above 500. So, yeah. I don't like, believe in Super Cleveland. terrible. Also, like, I like the idea of Donovan Mitchell with the Lakers, with the Knicks. I don't like the idea of him being the best player. on. He's going on the team. No, so, not at all. I don't like the idea of the so Knicks. best player on the team. I don't like, like the, I don't love the Knicks idea. I don't need I don't really love the two small guards thing. Like the rest of your team is big, like literally everybody else on the team is six four and better though. If you keep Josh Hart. Yeah, you do if they're like doing chance over six six. Like it's still a bigger everybody else is bigger. So now when you are like um what's the word they be using? Whatever what they meant is uh, and so they're not both on the court. One of them can be on the court with a bigger player at all times, it's just when they're on the court. The rest of your team is still six nine and above the other three players, so I think it could work. But I don't yeah, think having like OG and Randall and Mitchell Robinson back yeah. there, and Hart, that, like yeah. you straight back there, like you good. Yeah. Josh Hart and yeah, being on yeah, the way yeah, too. Yeah. So yeah, it would it would feel and it, it it feel a lot different yeah, than okay. it did what before he went to Cleveland. Like before that summer when he went to Cleveland, like and we were talking about him being a Nick then. It's a different yeah. impact it's different now because like, yeah. that team is a lot better. Like they were thinking Donovan Mitchell was gonna like save the Knicks. I'm nah, but I don't think if Donovan Mitchell went in, you would see Jalen Brunson play the way he's played. Like I don't think you know. So now it's it's different because Jalen Brunson a lot better player than you thought two years ago. Donovan yeah. Mitchell, that that team is so much better that Donovan Mitchell make a different type of impact. Now you're like, bro, they really do just need a guy, another guy that could go get a bucket. Because Brunson yeah. really can go get his bucket whenever he, he feels it. But he you just need that guy that, like, that's his sole purpose. Like, Brunson's still the point guard at the end of the day. He still got to get people their shots. He still got an offense to run. But you put Donovan Mitchell over there and be like, bro, we just need you to get 30. Like, right. you can have 30 points, no rebounds, no assists. Just get it. <laughs> you know Donovan Mitchell would sign up for that and be able to do it. So, <clears throat> before we close, I just want to talk about real quick. Jason Tatum and this MVP talk. Is it becoming too much? And I'm not saying that I, I'm not saying he shouldn't be in the MVP conversation. I think so. He was my preseason pick. Mm. I think you're seeing everything of why I said he was my preseason pick is coming to light. They are hammering down for an American-born player, and it's Jason Tatum. Hey. <laughs> 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 They really putting out there for an American-born player, though. And oh, yeah. it's Jason Tatum. Because it, oh, wow. who else is it? Like, who else, what American-born players in that conversation? Right now, it's SGA, it's Luka, it's Jokic. Uh, it would have been Embiid, obviously, but he probably won't qualify. Like, So the next best American-born player, I mean, you could say Anthony Edwards. Sure. And I think, but I think we're all thinking it's too soon. We're watching him blossom into possibly the face of the league, but we're not going to put that MVP talk on him yet. Like, I think next year he plays the same way. He's one more year in the league. He's he's really a bona fide superstar. Now we talk about, you know what I'm saying? He could win MVP. I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up winning it somehow, some way, but I just think, and then Tatum being the number one team on the Eastern Conference, that's really the only MVP guy they got in the East. 
realistically, you can give Jalen Brunson some MVP love, but when it comes to winning it, like Jason Tatum, the only guy in the Eastern Conference that might win the MVP. And so I think that's another thing is since that All-Star game, I think it woke a lot of people up like, damn, there's so many stars in the West. Like, we ain't even pitching for nobody in these. It's always Western Conference. And they don't even realize it. Jason Tatum and them just quietly over there. He's the best player on the best team in the league. And so that's what everybody pitching. But you don't think, like, this, this campaign they going on, on this media campaign, the players are now joining in, and former players and execs and all this stuff. Like, the whole Celtics nation is now on the Jason Tatum MVP train. Is it not getting too much? It's corny, is what I'm saying. Like, I think it's corny. I think it's corny that they're acting like we have to force him to be in the conversation because he's on the best team. And, like, we we, we don't do that every year just because you're the best player on the best team. I mean, you should win MVP. But I do think he should be in the conversation. I think that we have been bullied into the fact that the MVP conversation can only be Jokic and MB because people feel bad that we said that Jokic can't win three straight MVPs. So that's the only people in the conversation. Um, but the Tatum thing is kind of push. He plays for the Celtics. He's, he's a clean-cut guy overall. Like, Tatum's his next. He's the superstar. He's he's the next superstar. He's one of the chosen ones. So they have definitely, especially, like, in the last week, I've seen more Jason Tatum MVP conversations than I have, period. So it has, it, it has started to get to be like, all right, he don't gotta be MVP because he's on the bench. <laughs> we don't gotta choose him to be MVP. The, oh, he can go out there and he can average thirty and. It's when the players do it, bro. Like yeah. that's when they get to be corny. Is like when all your teammates start. Like they ain't said nothing all year. Jalen Brown ain't spe- now. Drew Holiday, Jalen Brown, Chris Stapps. Like now they all now Jason Tatum for MVP. He shouldn't be penalized because we're so damn good. Like. He shouldn't be penalized that Drew Holiday is a former MVP and Jalen Brown was it. Uh, I mean, former All Star, not MVP. Former All, right. all Star. Uh, Jalen Brown was All Star this year alongside Jason Tatum. Like Chris Stapps played All Star, borderline All Star type ball, but he, you know, he still went through his injuries. But he had times where it was like he he could play All Star level basketball. Right. At times, and so you're like four All Star caliber guys on one team. And so, yeah, you do get knocked a little bit. And you're like, yeah, you're not averaging 35. You're not asked to do what Luka's asked to do or what Jokic is asked to do. That's cool. But at the end of the day, that plays a factor in your value, too. Like, like I know we don't always talk about, like, the valuable word is not the word that gets incorporated all the time on who's really just the most valuable. But, yeah, I would say um, they it's just getting corny at this point, like, just let it happen naturally. Like, let it, let this final stretch, let these last 30 games of the regular season, let these last 30, 35 games, however many's left, uh, play out and play MVP-level basketball and, and see where that takes you. But, True. I mean, just already starting the campaign. And then, like, bro, Tatum's not playing superstar-level basketball. Like, he is with the way he's contributing. He doesn't have to. Like, his numbers ain't screaming, but, like, even right now, like you look at, like, bro, it's halftime. He got 12 points. Like, he's playing, <laughs> but he ain't going out there and like making an emphasis that, like, you know what? If my teammates going to pitch this MVP stuff, then I'm going to play like it and I'm going to wear it and I'm going to accept it, embrace it, and go ahead and make it happen. Like, so if he's not embracing it, then I think they should just stop talking about it because, like, clearly it's not, it doesn't matter to him. Like, he'll sure. speak on it. So it's like if he's not embracing it and he's not giving that different type of energy, like oh Tatum on a mission, everybody hey, 
he, he playing for that MVP, then I just think everybody should stop. Like, players should stop. Stop talking about it on TV every day. Stop. Shit, shit. stop talking about it on podcast. <laughs> like, he's in the MVP conversation, right. yes. But, like, he does not have to win MVP because there are about three or four other guys that have just as much, if not more, of a case to be MVPs this year anyway. So, yeah, I just wanted to close out with that, man. I appreciate y'all fellas for jumping on. Uh, as always, I'm your host, Mo. Uh, we'll catch y'all on another episode of the Flames. Make sure y'all go check out Hooper's Pod, the Hooper's Podcast. Anywhere you get your podcast, they just dropped a new episode. I checked it out while I was at the gym to be able to record them. So you make sure you go check them out, follow them, wherever you get your podcast. And we appreciate everybody for tuning in. We appreciate everybody for listening. And on that note, up